Welcome back to Brain Body Movement, the podcast for those interested in everything nutrition, training, and mindset. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Brock. Today's episode was another Q&A where we answered four questions that got sent to us through social media. Question number one, what supplements are you currently taking? Question number two, how often should I change my workout routine? Question number three, when trying to lose weight, what's the first thing I should focus on? Question number four, if you train twice a day, can you take pre-workout both times? That was in the back half of the show. And in the front half, we spoke about our nutrition and training. We gave you a few random facts, gave an update on Ned Brockman and some tips for running and spoke about more space stuff. All right, enjoy the show. How are you, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, bro. I'm all right. Loving this space stuff that's happening right now. There's like lots Jupiter of it. Hey? And, yeah, man. It's crazy. Like it was a bit cloudy um, down my way, so I, I couldn't see it last night. So I'm hoping tonight's a bit more clearer so I can get out there with some binoculars and have a look at old Jupiter. Did you get to see it? or? Nah, I didn't see it. I completely forgot about it, but I'm glad I let you know about it and you remembered. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm all over that shit after the, after you told me. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Did, did you see last night they uh, sent rockets out and hit their first like asteroid thing ever in space? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. crazy, hey? It was amazing. It was like what, just what a precautionary yeah, dart, pla- dart or something. Pla- yeah. Planet planet defense, defense system or something? Well, they call it DART. I've got it here, actually. It's the Double Asteroid Redirection Test. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, a vending machine sized spacecraft deliberately crashed into a stadium sized asteroid at like 22,000 kilometers. It's pretty cool. I, I like it. I love this shit, man. But like, <laughs> there are like no, apparently, there are like known, no known asteroid threats to Earth for at least the next 100 years. So we're pretty good for the next 100 years. No, that should no be sweet. Yeah, we should be, but like no Armageddon at the moment, like that could be pretty bad. Trying to blow that shit up. <laughs> um, how's your training? Are you doing your fat loss phase? Are you doing the fat loss thing? Not this week. I didn't. I ended up just uh chilling out because we had um public holiday on the Thursday and then um caught up with my mates on Friday and then Saturday it was like my missus friend came down from, uh, like he's been like traveling around, uh, with the circus and that. So it was like her old housemate. So then we caught up with him Saturday night. So there was like no way that I was going to get in a good fat loss run this week. So recovery's been down a little bit as well. I feel a bit sore. So I was like, okay, I need to just pump up my calories just a little bit, just to get my recovery going, sleep a bit better. Um, and then we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go this week. But, I've been pushing hard at the gym, so it could it could also be that that is why I'm sore. I'm like, no, I need to train a little bit harder than I have been these past few weeks, because um, you know when you're going when you're going heavy on certain lifts and that, you, you're like only doing you know three, four, five reps, so you're not like pushing closer closer to that failure point. Well, well, you are, but like it's it's a different feeling when you're going high reps compared to lower reps. Um, so I just been been hitting it hitting it up and you just you're just like what are you doing like it's <laughs> like it's a good feeling for a bit and then you're just like i can't walk sometimes i'm like this is not good like just let me recover because i probably haven't been used to it for a, lo- a while and a new stimulus obviously gets you a little bit sore here and there and then yeah having the weekend there didn't help do you remember with- do you remember a few weeks back when you uh 
told people just not to get sore when they were talking about should I train through soreness and you were like just don't get sore in the first place yeah I know that was uh, great swings advice. and roundabouts swings and roundabouts <laughs> yeah well you know uh, uh, the repeat of bad effects coming in it's all good especially right. if it's a new program novel stimulus and your recovery hasn't been great but hey life happens hey yeah got to enjoy life throughout this whole process <laughs> oh, yeah but what else are we on this planet to to do really apart from like recreate or reprocreate is that what you meant Pro- to say yeah pro- procreate. Pro- procreate is the word you're looking for <laughs> but i say recreate yeah yeah but yeah other than that man um i mean it's gone it's another long weekend this weekend as well so yeah, yeah i'll see how i go i don't know oh, oh i sometimes i just wing it like it's it's weird <laughs> like i'll set out like I'll talk to you, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, and then like, what? Well, nah, fuck it, I'm just gonna do this, and like totally change. And that's, it's not that I'm being non-adherent. Like I'm still being adherent to what I want to do, and things just change of like how you feel when you wake up in the morning and what you got planned and that. Um, being that it is a long weekend, I probably will go uh, a little bit lower these next few days, and then on the weekend I can go up to maintenance again because I think we're going like Friday night. And then coming back Sunday, maybe, um, even though Monday's off. I think she, Mrs. has like some <laughs> Bosnian thing that she wants to go to. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, you do that. I'll just, we'll come back, whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, again, like there's no like set in stone plans, um, but it is just like, I guess I'm just chipping away just bit by bit. Like when I can, I'll get into a deficit. I'm not going into a surplus. So it's like, maintenance or or a deficit so it's just like i'm just playing playing with it until i really go okay it's getting closer to summer i should probably tighten things up um but yeah having long weekends and stuff like that can definitely throw you out here and there and that's okay because that is life so you can't like i don't like being so rigid where i'm like no i'm not going to enjoy either this long weekend or time with my friends and stuff like you can still do it obviously but it's like it's that little bit of like um not fear of missing out more so I just yeah just want to have fun and enjoy it a bit so and I know that I can tighten things up when I'm not doing that stuff it's just like when I go out to eat you know what I mean you're like I want to have a nice delicious meal instead of like just choosing the salad kind of thing because the rest of my other meals I've been having like are really good you know what I mean and then people judge you on that that one meal that you have and you're just like oh how can you you know stay that lean and have that meal when we're out I'm just like well it's because you know my 20 other meals are within reason you know what i mean it's a it's over the course of the month so you're like i've got a few days at maintenance and then you've got a few days in a deficit but over the course of the month your net total is a deficit deficit yeah 100 percent. and yeah. some people don't like realize that you're like oh how can you like go out still and do all this stuff it's like because you know, there are things outside that you don't see uh that i'm doing you know what i mean yeah i don't so, post every meal i eat on social media no exactly like- <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't even do those meal a day things. I know you do. I know you love them, mate. I've done a couple. They're just easy, and it gives people ideas. So, mm. not not that if you'll eat like me, you'll look like me because I am me and you are not. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's the weather been down there? Because we have had amazing weather up here. September is the best month for weather. Yeah, it's raining right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have got bright blue skies. We've had between twenty and twenty eight all week. It's been amazing i have sunned my cheeks it's been been beautiful weather up here oh really oh thanks for that 
No Thanks worries. I'm, I'm more than happy to more than happy to rub that in. And the forecast for the next week is fantastic as well. Is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Seems as though we're done Fuck talking weather, about. Uh, <laughs> seems as though we're done talking about uh, your tracking and training. Yeah. Ned Brockman. On. I've got to give you. An oh update. yes, of course. Go talk to me. Uh oh. So. The guy's in a world of hurt by the sounds of things. I saw a, I saw a video of him that his uh, videographer posted and he reshared. And he's standing there um, first thing in the morning about to run. He's got his head torch on. He's got a coat and it's raining. He's just there and he's like, oh, this, this fucking hurts. This fucking hurts. This fucking sucks. And he's like, he, like, he's really distraught. And then all of a sudden he just, like his mindset just flips. He's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and just starts running. Um. Today was his worst day so far. So oh. today, oh, I just got out of it. Today is his uh, worst day so far. He did 25 Ks, just a lazy 25. But this this is the list of injuries that he's currently working with, and he's still continuing to attempt to run. So he's got severe um, Achilles tendonitis, pussed up blisters. <laughs> I think this one's a joke. Maggots growing in toes, patellofemoral pain, IT band rubbing, his hip flexors are shot. He can't straighten his biceps because he's been holding them in that position that he's running with. So he's like, his biceps are all jammed up and he can't straighten his arm, which is something that I wouldn't even think would be an issue. Like initially, like you'd be all hip flexor, calf, ankle, knee, but not being able to straighten your elbow joint. Yeah. He's like, it's not pretty. He's like, I've tried to stay positive every single time I wake up, but my body is screaming at me. The lack of sleep is taking over. He's like, but I'm not going to give up. There is no other way. You're never out of the fight. Just keep moving forward. Crazy shit. If he if, if he can if he if he continues to run, like even though he's so how, saying no. How long does he have left then? So he's nearly into New South Wales. Okay. So I think what's what day is he at? Day twenty seven. So he wants to do in, I think the record's forty three and a bit by some German fella. And uh he just wants to beat that. But at this point, <laughs> considering you know, he did twenty five Ks a day, uh it's not looking that likely. But I'm rooting for him. He's got Brock in his last name, so he's made a good stop. He'll be right. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of running, did you see what Kipchoge did? Uh, you know what? I don't even know who that is. So he's the elite marathon runner, the the Kenyan fella. Ah, oh, right, right. So, so he just broke a, a race record. He's run under. He's run a two hour marathon before, but he just broke a race record. Um, two hours, one minute, oh, and nine seconds or something. Which is essentially, it's like me sprinting for forty kilometers. It's crazy. Yeah, that is. Has yeah. anyone got under the two-hour mark? So he he has, right? But he he didn't do it in a race. So this is like a race record. The okay. way he got under the two hours was he was wearing shoes that I think are now banned, like runners that are now banned. And he had paces, so he like had people running alongside him, setting the pace, so he knew he'd be under two hours. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, he has. You're not allowed to broken. do that, are you? Ah, uh, you can, but like it wasn't a it wasn't a like official race or anything like that. It was he had paces running with him to give him an idea of where he was at the yeah. guy's 37 years old and he just ran a marathon in two hours and one minute like that's crazy that is crazy well over there uh he did it somewhere in europe i'm not exactly sure where but i mean that's i blew my mind when i read that also sounds like i'm addicted to running at the moment but i'm oh. honestly not it's his top of mind i think <laughs> uh alexander sorokin who's a I believe he's Ukrainian. He just did a 24-hour run, 24 hours. 
He ran 319 kilometers in 24 hours. Jesus. Which is ridiculous. It equates to four and a half minute Ks for 24 hours, <laughs> which is, that's like, that's like my 10K pace. Yeah. Which, oh, speaking of, 10K update. I did right. it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. So I, did, I did it in 43 minutes. Hell yeah. So, so the first next? five. Uh, stop running. That's what's next. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know how I've had the knee knee issue over the past like two years or so. Mm-hmm. It's been coming really good, and that's why I was like, you know what, I'll start running a little bit again. Anyway, the first five k felt really really good. So I think I did the first five k. I looked at my Strava at halfway, and I think after five k, I was like eighteen and a half minutes, which is sub four minute k pace. So I was like, I'm flying, and I didn't like feel exhausted or anything. And then. I mapped my run beforehand so I knew exactly I'd do exactly 10k and I got to the end point where I was meant to turn around the 5k marker and I turned and just thinking like look having just having looked at my Strava I was like oh I'm flying I'm sweet I didn't put a lot of concentration into where I placed my foot in my stride went to to turn off my left leg and I was like oh and I hobbled (laughs) for like a few steps and I was like oh no my knee my knee You want to know what got me through? I was like, Ned Brockman's out Neddy. there running. <laughs> of course. Of course he Ned would. Brock- Ned Brockman's out there running and, and I've got a point to prove. I've got to do this 10K in 45 minutes or less. So keep going. So I essentially did the the back five on, I suppose, one and a half legs because every every step on that left leg was painful. Oh, no. But I did the back half in 25 minutes. So five minute Ks for the back half, which is way off where I was, but it was enough for me to do the 10k in under 45 which i'm happy with yeah for sure man that's a good good little feat that you got going there so how is the knee now uh it's it's okay so i did a little bit of mobility stuff on my knee today and reverse nordic seemed to really work Mm. and good mornings seemed to really help it okay so both of those felt fine and i thought kozak squats because it's laterally that i sort of struggle a bit i did some kozak squats and they felt sweet so yeah i'm beautiful i'm happy with that yeah, let's hope so. When when was that? When did you do that? I did that on Saturday. Okay. So, so if there any any issues came up, it would have already come up by now. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like Most I subsided a little bit. I've still I've still got the pain today a little bit. Like it's when I go downstairs and I have to stop my knee from moving laterally. I just mm-hmm. feel a little bit of pain. But other than that, she's all gravy. Yeah, beautiful. That's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, can't complain. Anyway, that's enough running chat. We're not, okay. we're not runners. We don't promote running. It's not great for the joints. <laughs> Although if people are going for runs and that, like um, I, I don't have as much experience as you. Like what would you, what would you give some tips for people that are maybe not, not, not ever run before and then maybe want to go for a, like a cheeky, cheeky run here and there just for um, I guess getting their endurance up or cardiovascular system up. I would just say like just to start small, usually when I when I tell people if they're going for a run, just to go for maybe little like a one minute on, one minute off or just a yep. little sprint so here and there. I'm going to give you my Strava. So I did five five runs leading up to that 10K. Sorry, six runs leading up to that 10K. <clears throat> First one I did was um was 4K mm-hmm. and that was at a five minute per K pace and I was trying to run at a five minute per K pace. And a week later, I did 6K at a five-minute per K pace. Two weeks later, I did 9.2K through the National Park. And that was at a 5K pace again. Then I went for a run along flat. So the National Park is quite hilly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then I went for a run along the flat. This was after being sick. So I just took it quite easy. I did 8Ks again at a 5-minute K pace. Then I did another run, eight minute, uh, 8Ks. And this time I was trying to run a bit quicker. So I did a 4.5-minute K pace. And then I did my 10K, 4-minute uh, 18K pace for 43 minutes. So I gradually built up to it. It's not like I went and run 10K straight away. The, mm. the best tip I can give people is running is like any other form of exercise or resistance training you do. It is very technical. So I would work on the skill of running first and, and things like cadence. So how many strides you're taking per minute, um, stride length, how your foot lands on the ground, are your knees caving in, turning out? Do you feel your ankles roll in, roll out? Like that's all very important with running. So yeah, treat it as a skill first like you would resistance training and then look to progress distance and then time. If you're looking to run a certain distance in a certain time, like I was, I went six, um, eight, 10, eight, 10. And it was working on that time the whole time. So it was five, 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 five. Cause that's running within myself. Like I'm not running balls to the wall. Whereas most people go out and they're like, Oh, I'm just go as hard as I can. Mm. No run, run within yourself. I've actually got a lady I'm training at the moment who's training for a, marathon and she's she's running off her heart rate so sure. as long as her heart rate stays between a certain range she just goes at that pace she's like it's quite frustrating because i know i can I, I can run a lot faster and give a lot more but i'm running my certain distance and i'm seeing the time coming down that distance which means my heart health is improving and hopefully i, I can maintain that pace over a longer distance hmm. that's interesting do you do any like mobility beforehand or yeah so i do forward leg swings sideways leg swings i lift my knee up so it's in front of my pelvis and I'll straighten my leg. So it's sort of like a hamstring stretch, but it's also priming quads as well. And I do a lot of like very rapid um, calf raises, both double and single leg to prime my Achilles tendon. And I'll do some tib raises mm. as well beforehand because your tibialis is pivotal. That's the thing with, with Ned Brockman, like his left tibialis is just, it's not working. He's had to get like this rubber band that helps lift his foot off the ground every time he takes a stride. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. His, his left tibialis is just shot to bits. It's just not working at all. Oh, no. So tibialis is extremely important with running because that's what takes the impact and then what lifts your, lifts your foot back off the ground. So if you don't know what the tibialis is, if you're listening, it's the muscle in the front of your leg here. Shin, yeah. So Basically, yeah, where your shin is. Oh, yeah. that's some good advice there, mate, for... <laughs> non-runners for someone, that, for someone for someone that's not a runner yeah tra- treat it as a skill um run within yourself um look to increase your distance running within yourself and maintaining that within yourself time till you get to the distance that you're happy with and then look to progress time from there but definitely treat it as a skill first because mm. I, I know most people if they're like oh i want to lose some weight they'll just go go out for a for a run and not even think about it. Just chuck on whatever shoes they got around the house and then just just go for it. And then they realize like the next day they're sore as anything because like they've just gone hard as anything because they're you know they're feeling great. They're like yeah, let's do it. Like motivated as anything. And then yeah, then they've they put themselves out for the next few days and they're like oh that was stupid. Don't want to do that again. And then they don't see the results in the um the next day because they've. <laughs> Maybe because they've built up some inflammation in that and then maybe hold more water and they're like, oh, I've gained weight just from running. When we know that, just get into a calorie deficit and uh, you don't need to run to lose weight. 
Yeah, using your training as a method to burn fat or lose fat is a losing strategy. You'll you'll never win with that. You can't out-train a bad diet. All right. Okay. Give us a fact. Give us a fact. Okay, here we go. Now, you may know this. I certainly didn't. But <clears throat> apparently, you know, uh, men, how they have Adam's apples and stuff? Yes. Well, apparently women do as well. Yes. You knew that, did you? They're just not visible. Yeah, exactly. So, because yeah. it's like the changes um, in the growth of the larynx, which is like the voice box. So, in the mouths, the front of the thyroid cartilage that surrounds the larynx tends to protrude outwards, creating a feature known as Adam's apple. So, apparently, this came back from the um, biblical stories of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. As the tale goes, Adam ate a piece of forbidden fruit from the apple tree and part of it got stuck in his throat. That is where the name Adam's apple comes from. Did you know that one? <laughs> I did not know that. Boom. There we go. Got it with a new one. <laughs> okay. I've got an interesting animal one. And this one I uh, heard yesterday. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the little ferret, animal, the ferret. Yes, I do. I think this one will blow your mind. The female ferret, whilst on heat, if they do not find a mate, they will eventually end up dying. <laughs> So the reason is is because their estrogen continues to rise and rise and rise and rise, and that rise in estrogen damages uh, bone marrow and blood cells, and it leads to what's called aplastic anemia, and they die. So, yeah, right. Essentially, so horny that they die. Oh my god! When you hate that, you're like damn, <laughs> fucking ferrets, eh? Yeah. Shit. I, I, found, I found that really interesting that it's due to estrogen rising that, yeah, damages bone marrow and blood cells and leads to aplastic anemia and, yeah, the poor poor things die. Now, an interesting point because I uh, there's a lady I train and I rattle off all the animal facts to her and uh, she loves it. And yes. I told her that this was today's one this morning. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, that's really interesting. What do ferret breeders do? And I was like, got no idea. <laughs> She's like, do they have to desex the female before they pass them on, or do they like give the information of like when this ferret is on heat, you've got to find a male for her, or like what do they do? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe they just sell males. I've I've got no idea. But it, it was a it was a very interesting take from her of like what the ferret breeders do. <laughs> I I don't even know a ferret breeder. I didn't even know if that was a thing. Like, what? Why would you breed ferrets? I guess to sell uh, for the love of ferrets. Yeah, you know, people. You're... people I'm sure there's people out there that absolutely love ferrets, mate. Yeah, right. Can't even think of anyone that does. Do you know someone that owns a ferret? No, I don't. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, but that, yeah, that right. just could, could just be our circles and uh, who, we hang around, who we hang around with. Yeah, well, keeping on the, I guess, the animal type theme, the researchers at the University of Hong Kong said they've finally calculated how many ants there are in the world. <laughs> <laughs> How on earth have they done that? I have no idea. Don't ask me. Uh, apparently, it's an unimaginable amount. So, if I, I'm going to ask, so, what do you reckon? So, how many? How many ants? Uh, it's it's got to be in the trillions, surely. Ah, uh, it's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, they've estimated that there are 20 quadrillion ants living on Earth. Now, to put that yep. in perspective. That's 2.5 million ants for every human. <laughs> so, like, if you were to, they, they wrote, if if you use the watermelon to lure all the ants in the world onto a scale, 
they'd weigh about 12 megatons of dry carbon, which is more than the weight of all wild animals and birds. Well, they're going to take over, mate. You know, they're strong. <laughs> they're strong. Uh, to, put it in, uh, to put it in a unit of measurement, that is a shitload of ants. That is a shitload of ants. Speaking about nature, animals, all things like that, <laughs> the hole in the ozone layer is shrinking, finally. I thought that's been doing that for a while. Yeah, so they've reported the lowest levels of um, chemicals that are harming the ozone layer since 1987. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is that like, whereabouts is that open? Is that over Australia? It's o- over the Oceanic, yeah. yeah. Over the Oceanic. That's why it's why a bit nippy burnt. up here. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it's different from Australia compared to when I'm over Absolutely. in Europe. Like Absolutely. how much like better tan I get and everything. Yep. It's crazy. You're like, yep. fucking hell, you fool go bam. So the scientists concluded that at the current rate, the hole in the ozone layer would be closed by 2070, which oh, is damn bloody tastic. And they, they said it's mainly from emissions of like upgrades in technology. So like the emissions reduced from refrigeration, air conditioning units, et cetera, et cetera, has okay. come down. It's not, not polluting the air as much. Oh, that's which good. Which is... Bloody fantastic! Yeah, absolutely. That's a absolutely. That's a great um, step forward to to open that ozone layer, mate. Good yeah. old and good old chemicals. I think yeah. I think they've linked like a a rejuvenation of like sea kelp around Australia as well, and they're putting the two and two together, and they're saying it's probably due to the hole in the ozone layer shrinking and better CO two emissions. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least uh, in twenty seventy, we'll be able to tan better. <laughs> That's one good thing. Priorities, mate. Priorities. <laughs> Speaking of chemicals and pills and stuff, even though you didn't really, um, <laughs> apparently leaning to your right side after swallowing a pill could speed absorption by up to 13 minutes compared to staying upright. Um, and leaning to the left would be a mistake because it slows absor- absorption by more than an hour. So say you're, you have a headache, Pop a paracetamol and then lie on your right side and it'll be absorbed a lot quicker. Wow. So, there you go. <laughs> I did not know that. Why is that? Is that to do with the way the digestive tract like, so, lies in the body? It, or? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Something to do. I didn't have it written down in my notes, but I'm pretty sure when I read it, it it's got something to do with the way the um, everything is just structured with the intestines and that. Yeah, it yeah. Just kind of... So... Being on your right side. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I'm really, like, fascinated by that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it each time if I remember. That's the thing. Like, we'll be saying all these <laughs> facts, but, like, are we even going to remember these facts unless we listen back to them? Well, see, I'm I'm going out and, like, telling people all the facts and stuff. Because the best way the best way to remember something, right, is to Tell teach to others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, I, so, I'm doing that regularly. Especially this one lady I trained this morning. Like, every time she comes in, she's like, what's your animal fact? <laughs> Do you know it's on so, Tuesday you've got one? Yeah. So I, I I always remember my uh animal fact. Oh yeah, for sure. That's good. But there's other thing there's other things that I recite to people too. It, it that that's a hack for anyone out there. Like the, the best way to learn and remember something is to hear it and then say it to someone else or educate it to someone else or even say it out loud. Look in the mirror and <laughs> say it out loud. Mm. Like saying yeah. it and educating someone else is the, it's a little hack to help remember things and I use it all the time because I see 
numerous people every day and I can have the same conversation over and over again and they think it's a new conversation every single, every single time. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like to explain things like I'm talking to like an eight or 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah, as well. I, I, wonder, I wonder how that's interpreted by them. <laughs> like, no. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> no. No, what's, what's that? <laughs> so ants, right? They're those little insects <laughs> on the crowd. No, because it's one of those, um, it may have been attributed to Einstein. Who knew if he said it was something? It was more like everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. Yeah. Who said, who said it? What well, said Einstein, but who knows? Sometimes a lot. I think a lot of the quotes get attributed to him because <laughs> he's like as smart as anything. But I, I really like that because, um, yeah, simple, simpler the better. But don't make it so simple that you, you lose the essence of what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. This sounds almost like your unsolicited advice segment. Oh, which is <laughs> all right. Here we go. Seriously, it sounds very similar to it. It does, yeah. Well, yeah, speaking yeah. of which, I can roll into that. <laughs> okay, you ready? I, now, you may agree with this, you may not. So, I want to get your your take on it. A problem that can be solved with money is not really a problem. What do you reckon? Well, I would disagree with that. You disagree with that? I would disagree with that. Okay, talk to me. Why do you think you disagree with that? Well, it's still a problem. You still, it's just... It's, Still it's not sure it really be- a problem. It's not really yeah. a problem. That's what I want to emphasize that not really part. If it can if it can be solved with money. Mm. So give me an example, right? Let's say your house your house flooded and you mm-hmm. didn't have insurance, but you had the money to cover it. Yeah. Still a problem. You've still got to go through the hassle of ripping up the carpets, redoing the skirting boards, buying new furniture if it's damaged. To me it's still a problem, but you've got the money to afford it, it's no drama. Mm. I don't know if that's what he was going <laughs> for there. <laughs> I think uh, it's, uh, I don't know what he was actually going for there, but that is obviously a problem. Um, but like, I, I think he's more talking about like problems in life, like that, that may seem like so far out there. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I actually don't even know. Yeah. Well, well, I, I would, I would disagree with it and poke holes in it. Because even if even if something's trouble, troubling you that you're worrying about mentally and it can be solved with money, it's it's still you've got to accrue that money. You've got to get that money somehow. So you've still got to figure out a way to get that money to then solve the issue. Or yeah, if you've, I think if, what he's if, getting at is, is is he saying if you've already got the money sitting there, then it can solve the issue. But still, you've still got that worry. That worry is still a problem. Even if the money can solve it, you've still got to figure out why you're having that worry and why you're having that thought. Yeah, but it's getting solved by money. I think that's what he's getting at. It's like. All right, there's a problem. It's it's a problem, obviously. It's getting solved by money now. Then the problem goes away. Whereas there are other problems in the world that if they can't get solved by mo- by by money, like maybe relationship problems or work problems and stuff, that can't if you can't throw money at it, then it's not really a problem. I think that's where he's getting out of like, all right, yes, obviously this is a problem because my house flooded or whatever, um, but it's going to get fixed by money. Right? It's now no longer a problem. Whereas if you have a relationship problem and you try and like buy all the gifts for someone and try and impress them with all these fancy dinners or whatever, like and it's still it's still a problem with your relationship because like you need to do the work to um to get better with that relationship with that kind of person kind of thing. You can't just throw money at it. So that's a real problem. I think that's what he's getting at. Um, I think 
now that my brain's ticking a little bit better now. I think that's what he was actually getting at. Whereas, like, well, that- obviously, it's still a problem, but like, my house is flooded, but it's going to get sold by money. Does that, does that a bit, make a bit more sense now? That makes a bit more sense. Okay, cool. <laughs> we got there. I'm like, damn, as if you fucked that one up. But yeah, because that's, that's what that's what I was at. like. That's why I was like, give me some sort of analogy because I'm not mm. fully like understanding the concept of that. Because like a, a a problem is a a problem. That's why it's exactly. Called a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think like a, a r- real problem. I think he's talking about like you can't you can't just like fix it with money. Yeah. Yeah. Enough with problems. <laughs> 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 Let's uh, move from unsolicited advice onto the actual advice. Let's do it. Question number one: What supplements are you currently taking? Well. Not many, that's for sure. Um, the first one is creatine. I just have about five grams a day, every day. Um, sometimes it's before workout, sometimes it's after. It really depends when I take it. Um, I have whey protein. Not every day, but most days I'll have whey protein. Again, it could be for breakfast. It could be for uh, a, a late night snack. could be straight after a workout. Uh, could be before I go out to dinner just to I, li- I like to have it right before dinner so then I don't kind of overeat at dinner as well um, and just to up my protein if I am feeling like I didn't eat enough uh, protein throughout the day as well you're like you can cut you kind of tell you're like oh I've only had like low protein meals today better just get get a shake in before um, I either train or just because I'm a bit low th- low for the day if I'm not tracking for that day because obviously you'll know if you're tracking um caffeine sometimes i have it in a pill form yeah with no dose um sometimes i'll have it in a monster sometimes i have it in a coffee and sometimes i'll have it in a pre-workout depending on i guess what i'm doing that day how my sleep was the night before um where i am at with my caffeine throughout the day so like if i had a coffee in the morning and then like a monster during the day i wouldn't have pre-workout later before a workout because you know that that pre-work like that amount of caffeine throughout the day can really affect affect my sleep especially if it's like later later in the day um even though i am pretty quick at um i guess breaking down caffeine i, I think i'm a fast, fast metabolism metabolizing, yeah metabolize it yeah you got slow and fast ones and i believe i'm the fast one because you know i can still have it at like four or five and still sleep fine and that is pretty well it. I do have like L-theanine sometimes if I'm quite stressed or at, at night and I want to sleep really well. That's very rarely though. Like I've got it there, so it's ready to rock if I do. Um, I don't take really anything else other than that. I, I try to get most of my stuff from all whole foods and that. I used to take vitamin D a lot. I don't anymore. My levels are high as anything um, and I don't have enough I don't I don't think there's enough research like showing that it, it can help with certain areas of like cardiovascular disease and all that stuff when they've done like long long studies with that. Um if you're low and in maybe in like low sun areas, maybe it might help. Um I guess it's only like if you're if you want to try it, just kinda like a multivitamin. If you just want to take a multivitamin because you you want to cover your bases, that's fine. Fine with me. Um but I don't. That is pretty well it i think if you start saying some stuff i might say say more but like yeah again supplement means supplementing your diet and if you've got a good diet you don't really need to supplement much but those are the those are the main ones sometimes if i might do like 
uh, a full-on flat-out workout might take some beta alanine, but again, that needs to be in your system. Like it's not an acute um, response with beta alanine because it needs to build up, build up car- carnosine levels, I believe it's called. So even though the acute response is the tingles, um, it doesn't work acutely. It's it's the same with creatine. It needs to be built up in your system before it works properly. So me just taking that beta alanine before a big workout does basically nothing apart from maybe a placebo effect of I'm tingly, let's get after it kind of thing. Make you want to itch your eyeballs. <laughs> exactly right. And 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 you get like a pre-workout that might have that in there as well, as well as um, B3, which is I think carnosine maybe to make you sweat a lot more. Could be wrong. I can't remember what B6 is. Something like that. Yeah. Niacin? Niacin, that's the one. B3, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, niacin, that's the one. Not carnosine. Niacin yeah. definitely makes you sweat. sweat yeah, sweat yeah, pockets. it's niacin. Niacin. So, yeah, other than that, it's a very, very low stack. Like back in the day, it used to be a shit low more. You used to take everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. See a picture of it. There's like nearly 20 <laughs> things just stacked. And I mean... It, I guess it gets you training more in that and could get you in the swing if you spent so much money on supplements. Um, but I try and keep the supplements to to just minimal because you don't, again, it's like maybe a 5% return, especially on creatine or something like. Oh, you're, you're pushing it with 5%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. over over a span, it's, yeah, exactly. Some people don't even like react to it properly. So, yeah, that's my that's my supplement stack, if you could call it a stack. Uh, sorry to be boring to the people, but mine is exactly the same as Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so creatine, whey protein, um, caffeine, mine is typically in the form of um, pre-workout. There is a couple of things that I do do a little bit differently to you. So you mentioned um, L-theanine. Um, I also take ashwagandha, glycine. I take those three together of a night. They just help my sleep tremendously. And at this point, I just want to sleep really well every night. So I'm taking it. Maybe it's a bit of a crutch. Maybe there's something I'm eating that's maybe interrupting my sleep, but that seems to work really well. So the glycine will lower my body temp, which is obviously pivotal for sleeping. Um, and the ashwagandha and theanine can just help calm and relax you a bit. But if you're not doing prerequisites beforehand, so like dimming lights and all that thing before sleep, they're going to have negligible effect. Like you said, like 5% is really pushing it for supplements. Mm. Um if, if I meal... said three, you'd be like, oh, where'd you get that number from? <laughs> just, yeah. Just... Yeah. Even even 3%, like I, yeah. I don't even think supplements do 3%. Like you're really reaching if you think like a supplement's having a massive effect on your overall yeah. results and outcome. So last thing you should look at really. Yeah, exactly. They're the last piece of the puzzle. There's so many more bigger rocks to take care of first. There is one other thing that I take, but it's not religiously all the time. And that is a digestive enzyme. Now, I will take them occasionally if I'll eat, like let's say I go out for dinner and I eat like pasta and ice cream for dinner or let's say I have like a, a tub of Halo Top or something that I know that doesn't exactly digest well with me. Now, it could be placebo, who knows, but these I, I take a digestive enzyme and I tend to have no gut issues following it and tends to make the food digest much quicker. So that I usually have that when I'm pushing calories and I'm in a bulking phase or muscle building phase that's typically when i'll have it and i'll have them after big meals or meals that i typically wouldn't eat so like an ice cream was an example i use i don't particularly eat too much dairy other than cheese um and whey protein bit of yogurt and whey yeah that's really about my as far as my dairy goes but yeah if there's something that i wouldn't typically eat i'll have a digestive enzyme but 
Yeah, that's about it. I I I was the same as you. I used to take vitamin D every single day. Um, had my bloods done, and he's like, "Oh, your levels are slightly above average." I'm like, "Sweet, I'll take the vitamin D out." Like, mm. why waste my money on that if I'm totally fine? Exactly. Um, the other one I used to take religiously was fish oil, but I now eat salmon two to three times a week, so that covers mm. my fish oil needs. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. Try and get everything from Whole Foods. Yep, for sure. Sam is quite expensive these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's why they're called supplements. They are to supplement your diet. So, question number two: How often should I change my workout routine? All right. So this is going to depend on, I guess, where you are in your training. So you've got you know your beginner, intermediate, and then your advanced. So for a beginner, you could probably run the same program um, for twelve weeks. Um, the same exercises and get amazing results and not have to really change too much. Um, you also got to think of, will you get bored of it? So if you're okay, just doing the same things over and over again, getting stronger at them and that, um, go right ahead. You can do it for like a whole, like your mesocycle could be 12, 12 weeks, which just, just means like a block. Um, but I like to change it up roughly between four to six weeks with my training. Um, but we're more like advanced than or intermediate to advanced roughly around that. And then you've got like full advanced would be probably every four weeks depending. So it does depend, um, but it's it's one of these things like if you can pick good exercises that kind of are similar. So like you've got your squat, so as like your squat pattern. So if you're doing hack squats, if you're doing just normal barbell squats, front squats, all that kind of all that kind of thing, like you can just change change that up with that. And then, um, you can do if you want to change all your other little, you know, biceps and triceps as well. That's fine as well. So it really doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have to be every every week you're changing something up, or every four weeks you're changing the whole program up. It could just be like little bits and pieces, and just keep your big lifts in if you want. If that's what where you want to go with it, like the world's your oyster. As long as you're getting, as long as you're getting closest closest to failure, you're seeing some sort of strength with your lifts. And that, that's a good reason to stick with some lifts as well is because if you're forever changing up your lifts, you don't know where you're actually going. Whereas like with your strength, like you don't, you don't like, you can't track it properly. You know what I mean? If you're like doing squats one week and then you're doing hack squats another, you're like, am I getting stronger? Like, am I actually pushing close enough to failure kind of thing? So it is good to leave it in for at least four weeks and say, okay, I'm actually traveling in a good way. <clears throat> My recovery's coming. Is getting really good. I'm getting stronger in the gym. I'm feeling good about my lifts and that, um, and then go from there. So it one, it really depends. Um, and you've also got that. Um, do I really enjoy what I'm doing? So if you don't like what you're enjoying, you're not going to stay in the gym for all that time. My again, my answer is almost a carbon copy of yours. So it depends. It really does on training experience and boredom. Um, I'm a little bit different to you though. So I will like to change people's programs before they hit a plateau. Cause if someone hits a plateau, it's like, Oh, I've hit a plateau. And then they may lose the drive or motivation to continue going to the gym. So I'll actually change it before they hit a plateau. The other thing is if someone is learning the skill of a lift, let's say they're to be learning a clean or a windmill or a Turkish get up that it would, I would run that program for however long it takes them to acquire that skill. So it would be more about skill acquisition there. But 
nine times out of 10, it's you're seeing progress. You're just getting good at everything. You feel like you're mastering it all. You can come in, you know, your exercises in what order, what weight you lifted last week, bang, change it then. Because otherwise it can become a case of boredom and you want to avoid boredom and you want to avoid a plateau because they're two things that can um, lose your motivation and drive to continue going to the gym. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you touched on that skill acquisition as well. Because when you see studies, they compare, say, like a machine base versus a free weight base and they see more hypertrophy in the machine base because there's not as much skill acquisition. So trying to do a squat, trying to do a deadlift, it takes time to actually learn the movement until you can actually get it moving smooth enough to actually build like proper muscle. So it's important to actually factor that in when you are first starting out a program. So when you first start now and you've never done these exercises before, give yourself time to actually get good at the skill. So then you can actually reap the benefits of the actual hypertrophy from the movement. Um, you can definitely like go, <clears throat> you know, four, six, eight, it doesn't really matter. It's just like, am I getting good at this skill? Um, and and that's a good one of like a Turkish get up, just like random ones as well. Like if you are getting bored, like trying something different, um, it gives you something to move towards, especially say like if you've been like chasing um, heavy weights and then you're like, all right, good, got to my weights. Now it's like, I want to go a quick cut for summer or something. Your strength is inevitably going to go down when you are starting to lower calories, you're a lighter person. Maybe your leverages are a little bit different. Maybe that is time to change out certain exercises of like that you haven't done in a while, and then you can you can make progress on those. It kind of like tricks your brain into thinking, "Oh, I'm I'm still getting stronger as I'm losing weight." So that's that's a that's a good little trick for you, like <clears throat> to try if you are in that situation. I don't know if you've done that. I've literally just done that myself. Have you? I haven't deadlifted in eight weeks and I've been dieting for 10. Yeah. Okay. So I, I literally took out the conventional off the ground deadlift, which is my favorite exercise because I knew that I just set a massive PB on it and I knew my strength would go with me reducing calories. So I've just stuck to Romanians and good mornings for my hip hinge pattern mm. and tried to progress those. And it's been better for me mentally. So the the other point that I didn't touch on before so it was um, to avoid a plateau, avoid boredom, skill acquisition, and you want to avoid injury. If you're doing the same movements over and over and over and over, it's re repetitive and you, your joints will be beaten up. So give your joints a break and change program away to something else. So it could be working in a different plane, side lunges, Kozak squats, something like that, just something different to change the plane of motion and the repetitive movement that you're doing because you don't want an injury because that's the quickest way to stop you from going to the gym. Mm, yeah, it could be as easy as all barbell work and then straight to dumbbell work. That'll probably be better for your joints as well. Um, and get a different. You probably can't lift as much. Like if you try and add both of them together, <laughs> like mm. dumbbells to barbell. But yeah, it's a good one for sure. All right, question number three: When trying to lose weight, what's the first thing I should focus on? So this is what's the first thing to focus on when trying to lose weight. It's a it's a hard one because. It depends where you're at. Like with with our coaching, you got to kind of go through where your big rocks are and where you're going down. Because someone might actually be um, eating okay. They might just be eating a lot more than they expect or they're not moving enough. So obviously to lose weight, we need to be in a calorie deficit. So the, the biggest driver of that would be um, dropping your calories. But it, it, it might be something different than like, okay, just drop your calories kind of thing. But really what's making you eating these calories in the first place. You know what I mean? It could be maybe your lack of sleep or emotional eating or um, 
you're not dealing with um, maybe trauma from your past. All everything is like as one together. So like when something's off, there's there's a reason why you're doing it. It's sometimes people eat just for comfort as well. You might be bored. All these different reasons. So it's it's really hard to say what you should focus on the most. We know that to obviously lose weight, you just need to be burning more calories than you're ingesting. But it's a lot. It's not just as simple as saying just eat less calories. It could be like, okay, maybe we just need to, you know, have a wind down routine for sleep. So then you're not so tired in the morning and then you're having cravings all day. Or maybe you need to like talk to someone about what issues you have going on at work or with, with relationships or past things that's going on that's 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 building up at night and you get these anxieties and stuff and then you're overeating at night because you can't control it. Like there's, it's so very individualized um, that that's, I guess, the best answer I can give over a podcast. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where you'll go, where you'll take this, but that's where I would probably go. Yeah. So the only way to lose fat is a calorie <laughs> deficit. So the easy answer for me to give would just be put yourself in a calorie deficit and focus on your nutrition. Now, that sounds very simple, but simple is not easy. So s- simple is eat less, move more, but difficult is managing emotions, life, business, family, all that nonsense. And you've still got to try and somehow lose weight with all the pressures of life and whatever it may be, but bearing down on you. So I would take an assessment of your week and I would just look at what time you can allocate to certain tasks. So look at what time you can allocate to training, look at what time you can allocate to maybe some meal prep and look what time you can allocate to like a nighttime routine and something for yourself. Because if you're not enjoying whatever process you're going through, then you're likely going to fall off and go, no, this is too hard. I'm not enjoying this whatsoever. I don't get any time for me. So for me, I would probably address your week and look at where you can schedule things in and a bit of, bit of time management. I mean, it goes a long way. So I believe the saying is people don't find time. They make time. So you're never going to find time for something to do. Oh, yeah, I'll find time for that. You'll never find something. What successful people do is they make time for something. So they schedule in and go, right, that is the time that I'm doing that. So that's probably where I would start. But a simple simple answer would just be nutrition. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. eat less. But I, I would I would take an honest assessment of your week and and have a look at where you can do certain things. And if there's conversations you need to have around why you're potentially overeating or something like that, like it could be, right, I've got, these four spare hours, I'll do an hour of meal prep. I'll do two workouts. I'll spend half an hour talking to someone about struggles that I've had through the weekend and accountability buddy. And I'll spend half an hour in a sauna or doing something for myself or doing a yoga class or whatever it may be. But just have an honest assessment of your week and four hours that you can make time for and then go from there and plan what is the best course of action for you. But like you said, it's very individual and <laughs> I feel like the last two answers we've just said, it depends. Yeah, that's the thing. And maybe if you are struggling, maybe reach out to a coach um, and then they can work it work it with you, what's actually going on. Because sometimes um, you could get answers like this on podcasts and be like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll do some self-reflection, but really not going deep enough into actually what your habits are throughout the day. Like even just even just writing down what you do in a day and just seeing it out on a piece of paper, even just like what you're eating, where you're spending your time, how you're feeling, when you're getting to sleep, all, all these kind of things. And it, you, you'd be surprised. You'd be like, okay, shit. Like I'm, you know, I'm getting to bed at like 12, 12 p.m., uh, 12 a.m., 
12 a.m.? Yeah, 12 a.m. or something. And midnight, it's like, getting to yeah, bed at midnight. midnight. <laughs> getting to bed at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you know, just sleeping in for, like, three, four hours and then just not not moving at all. Yeah, you know, and then just, just eating shit, ordering Uber Eats, all this kind of stuff. And then you're wondering why, like, you're sat ne- on Netflix, like, bagging, like, a whole bag of kettle chips or something. So yeah. it's... Yeah, it's it's good to kind of be self-reflective and even just like maybe even doing some journaling of like, okay, what do I actually want? Like why, like you're asking me why I want to lose weight, like when trying to lose weight. So obviously trying to lose weight. So it's like, why do you actually want to lose weight as well? Just remember that why because you go a lot further if you intrinsically know why you want to instead of extrinsically like I want to because I want to feel confident about myself or stuff like this. So it's good to do a little bit of introspection and figure out what why you actually want to lose the weight in the first place. Key is to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the major key in all of this. Okay. Question number four. If you train twice a day, can you take pre-workout both times? Yeah. <laughs> so this one, it, it depends how much your uh, pre-workout <laughs> is. Um, so yeah okay so training twice a day this is like an advanced question because if you're training if you're training twice a day it one it depends what you're training so like if you're doing cardio you you don't really need pre-workout for cardio to be honest the pre-workout save it for like your lifting now if you're doing double days of lifting that's a little bit different i'd probably it really depend. i'd probably have it in the morning if i were you compared to late at night because then it might not affect your sleep. So do the heaviest, heaviest, unless you're doing the heaviest shit, I'd probably do it for the hardest, the hardest workout. Like if you train twice a day, can you take pre-workout? You can. Do we suggest you to? Probably not. Like it's, you know, the old ticker you'd be, if you're, if you're like (laughs) fluttering and stuff and getting jittery, you've taken too much caffeine. Like it's, (laughs) I mean, I love caffeine, but I've never taken pre-workout twice in a day. Um, (laughs) you know so it, yeah like the long-term consequences of having too much caffeine can be quite detrimental um so i would use it wisely um but yeah as i would have it for your heaviest ones try not to have it too close to bed um and go from there like you can maybe have a coffee in the morning and then have a pre-workout later i don't know it's uh but you know if you got a monster in there as well and then a few no days you know <laughs> probably don't be sleeping that night <laughs> So to answer the question, and I know you love when I give this answer, you're an adult, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Exactly. Like seriously, seriously, if you want to take pre-workout both times, then take pre-work both, pre-workout both times. Um, personally, would I do it? No, no, probably not. So I'm not exactly a fast metabolizer of caffeine like Brad is. Um, you've got to know your body and if it's affecting your sleep, definitely don't do it. Um, I would also question why you're training twice a day. Like are you a professional athlete? If you're not a professional athlete, then why are you potentially training twice a day? Is it cardio and then weights? If so, I'd probably prioritize the weights. I mean, there's lots of questions here and it depends, but at the end of the day, you're an adult, you know your body, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. I mean, us saying yes or no, is it really going to change your mind on whether you do whether you do it or not? Mm. So yeah, that that's my answer. Personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. It'd be too much caffeine for me. I mean, my threshold is I don't really go over 200 to 250 milligrams a day, which is next yeah, to nothing right. for most people. So yeah, that is nothing. <laughs> if I was to do, if, if I was to do two, I'd be pushing 400, 500 milligrams, which 
that would definitely affect my sleep. Yeah. I mean, in the research, like you should see some caffeine research. Like sometimes oh, that's they, crazy. Go, they go up to like <laughs> over, nine over gram. Yeah. Nine. Nine grams. Nine, nine milligrams per kilo. So, nine, yeah. Nine that would be like, that's a lot. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to check the study, but that, I'm pretty sure that was in people. That gives me the shakes and anxiety just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's it's crazy. I'll, I'll, yep. If 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 this is wrong, I'll just cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so question two, three, and four. It depends. <laughs> okay, and now, question that's one. A... It depends. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you and your uh, questions answered in the future, make sure you're following us at brain.body.movement, at Brad Dapper and at Brock underscore Doug Leash, and you can ask us a question when we put up a sticker box or send us a DM. But that's a wrap for today's episode. We just want to say thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoyed or took any value at all from this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you took a screenshot and shared to your Instagram stories. We'd also love it if you shared it with family and friends and left us a five-star review. And don't forget to turn on those post notifications so you don't miss an episode. But before we go, if we can leave you with a few things, make your damn bed, get your steps in, and be kind to one another. Cheers. You would not believe what I just ate. What did you eat? Vegemite, on, Vegemite and cheese on toast, mate. Oh, fuck yeah. I love the cheese added on it. <laughs> How was he's at? Hey, yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Because, um, yeah, I remember having that when I was younger. Just like, just normal Vegemite. And then, boom, you just like pump the cheese on there. And you're like, all right, this is... It just like slightly melts just that little bit and you're like, beautiful. Was that like a post-workout meal, was it? No, no, no. It was just I was short on time and we were about to record. So I was like, got Vegemite, got cheese, done. Anyway, that's that's not exactly how I wanted to start it.